everyone's Jeff here. Just wanted to give you a preview of our season preview podcast over at devilsinsiders.substack.com, where all of our podcasts are now home for the most part. We'll be chit-chatting here for a few dozen minutes or so and doing one of what is hopefully many podcasts this year, hopefully all the way into June. So enjoy this for now. If you want to catch us, we'll be over there. Enjoy. All right, we made it. It is October 9, 2023. Dave and I are recording here late night, 9.42 p.m. Eastern. This is the 2023-24 New Jersey Devils season preview show, and we will do everything. We'll kind of give some thoughts, vibes, questions, evaluation. We'll get to the roster decision because we did get the Devils roster tonight, and I'm going to guess it's not going to change, but I guess everything is always open to change so we'll see if anything does come of that and we'll get to all your questions as well we'll try and have some fun and get serious and a combination of all that here as we begin this 23-24 season so we could go a lot of different places here we'll just kind of open it up generally Dave I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to the season very much it'll be tough to duplicate last year in terms of how much fun we had all the winning they did in the regular season and the great win they had in the first round. And I'm sure we'll talk about expectations later on and everything. But I said, I think at some point in the middle of last year or whenever, that whenever this team got good, I was going to enjoy it fully. So I know at some point we'll become Leafs fans and the regular seasons will just be byproducts. Perhaps some people are already there of, Ah, it should be easy through April, so nothing really matters until April anyway, and I, I do get that train of thought, but I'm fully ready to immerse myself in games that matter. Even Dave having five months off still felt like an attorney as opposed to the usual six months we have off from Devil's Hockey whenever the season usually ends. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing the, the questions we do have, and there's not as many questions this year as there have been in recent years. There's maybe like a handful of questions as opposed to 20 questions about this team. I'm looking forward to seeing how the roster evolves, all the young players, seeing what the goaltenders do in net again. We talk about the forwards, and it, there doesn't have to be a lot more major steps there, but it's certainly possible with how young some of these guys still are. So the Devils are in a really good place. If you kind of blend all of current roster stuff still coming, timeline, all that, you can make the case the Devils are the most exciting team in the league to watch. So it took us a long time, but we see a devil's team that comes in with a bit of a track record now, expectations, and hopefully lots of fun to be had over the next few months. I think that's one thing that I've, I've, I've evolved towards as a devil's fan was, I think the playoffs were, and not to say that they shouldn't be a given now, because I do believe for the next, I don't know, you want to say eight years, give or take, that the playoffs should be an expectation for this team? Sure, no question. But I guess <clears throat> what I'm trying to say is I think I felt this way a lot. I'm not sure, Jeff, if you did or if, if in terms of all of you how you felt, but I always looked at the the playoffs as like a God-given right in a sense with this oh, yeah. team. Oh, yeah. And and I think it, it sometimes made me not enjoy the regular season. And, you know, mm -hmm. in some ways I look at it of – I want to try to be a little bit of the opposite with that of enjoy the regular season and then sit on your hands in the playoffs, you know, uh, and not forget that. Yeah. Okay. 
we know that there might be a collision course with the Rangers again. And I know how I felt after games one and two, and I really don't want to have that happen again. And maybe it won't, but you know, the, the biggest thing here is this team's exciting more than like, I guess really more than anything is that these are not all right. They're going to low event hockey defense. I mean, what PDO cast had the devils as their number one team in terms of watchability rankings. And sure. There's some people who may be disrespecting a little bit, which I'm totally fine with. Uh, in fact, I mm-hmm. think they need it. Some people picking the devils to, to win the East. So I think it's great that there's expectation there. And, you know, I was ready at the beginning of last year, Jeff, when you weren't quite quite ready of, I am judging this team as a playoff team. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm certainly doing that again now. So I think, you know, the, some of the stuff that we've talked about, third pair and all that, I don't, I don't want it to come off as negative. It's not a negative. It's literally more of a, if this gets settled well, they might have a chance at winning the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where they are is they're close enough now that everything that continues to break right in their favor could push them over the top. Like, they're that close now, which is which is awesome to say. And I think it's going to be fun, but... You know, more than anything, I just, I just want to try to enjoy it. Like I'm actually going Thursday. I, it, it worked yes, out last minute call. Something nice. on, on at work. I'm like, you know what? Let's let's go, go enjoy it. Hopefully, it's a nice win. All that. See see some people again, and, and just kind of be back to taking in Devils hockey. So I can't wait. And and also, every season is unique, Jeff. You know, it's it's not it's not the same team as last year. There's going to be different heroes there's going to be look like they're probably you would hope it's probably not going to be a 13 gig wins game win streak followed by a december swoon you know you, you, it'll be different it'll have its own ups and downs and and trials and tribulations and you know great moments and and frustrating moments and everything in between and then i guess obviously we have to because we do this podcast and we're talking about every game basically but i also i, I just want to try to enjoy every minute of it so and not like I know it'd be really easy just to say, oh, playoffs, like got to get mm-hmm. there, got to go win, you know, going to have to play the Rangers again. Can they beat Carolina? Like there's going to be plenty of time for that. Right. I mean, yes, I-, I guess I'm just trying to slow it down because, you know, this run here, if it is eight to 10 years, it's eight to 10 years of really good hockey. And I don't want to just look at it solely as got to win a Stanley cup. Yeah. We're hoping there's one really soon, but in the same regard, like this is such a uniquely fun team. And I don't want to like get bored of watching Jack Hughes score yep. insane goals or Dawson Mercer create nothing out of something. And, you know, whatever Luke Hughes's magic is going to be as he starts to settle in. Like, I don't want to lose that because last year was so much fun. And yeah, I get it. There's more pressure this year. But in the same regard, it shouldn't change the enjoyment level of, of what this team can bring us. Uh, and even on a micro level, I'm trying to get in the mindset of, you know, this is not a team that has been in the playoffs for five straight years. You know, at some point we'll get to that point. But as far as I'm concerned, the the track record for this era of Devils, while very encouraging last year, it's just one year, right? So the goal is to go out and, and do it again. You know, yeah, playoffs are not a birthright. I'm not going to treat it as that. I'm not going to assume that. I'm open. I'm open-minded to all things being possibilities. I, I know what I'd prefer, but as far as I'm current, they've got to go out there and earn it. And I would assume that is some of the grounding talking they're going to get from the the coaches and management and all that is that you're not guaranteed anything. It's not a oh, it it's only linear, and you we'll go to the the third round this year and the Cup Finals the year after that. Go out there, put your work boots on, 
go get go get points early, get off the ground, and go make it a lot easier over the next six, seven weeks so that you can get that chance and go take a chance at a Stanley Cup. You know what it is, Jeff? Like, you have to become a veteran regular season team. That mm-hmm. I'm not saying it means you just roll over it and there's never an issue and you roll to your 100-plus points, but more so knowing knowing how to protect leads, knowing how to get a result in a day when you're not that good, knowing how to not – and I thought they did a really good job of this last year, not letting – yeah, losing streaks happen, not getting too high in wins. And again, all those things I thought they actually for a young team last year did a very good job of. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a little bit of self. I know I know they don't load manage like the NBA does, but in some ways, I think part of it also is mental load management of just understanding like, hey, you got to get there. Your body has to be sound, too. But understanding like, yeah, the goal is to play into June, but. You know, you got to get there and, and you got to grow. Like, let's I know, you know people saying, oh, uh, you know, where are they going to be or how much better are they now? Well, no, I the the October 2023 Devils are worse than the April 2023 Devils, simply because you're better as the season goes on and you have to find your way as a team every year. You know, like October hockey is not playoff hockey. So I think, yeah, from that standpoint, like. You got to just start again, right? You got to wipe it clean from good or bad or everything in between and just say, all right, now's the time to to continue getting better, to work on little things and, you know, and hopefully be as as well off as you can be as you get into the playoffs. Dave, think about what was going on a side thing because it just kind of sprung me here, but think about how many guys were dinged up through just 12 playoff games last year. And I'm not, I'm not brushing off just 12 playoff games but normally Dave if you're going to go win a Stanley Cup you've got to play probably double that amount right probably about 24 games assume maybe six games a series or something like that it gets harder so anything you can do to preserve your bodies and just manage your regular season and and get through it healthy and and all that and, and they did have great health last year and but so many guys got hammered because the game is just so different you know you almost can't even train you I don't know if you can even prepare for that, right? You just kind of go through it, but that's that's what it ends up being. It's a there, lot. There of is there is battery. a price. There's a price that you have to pay to win a cup, and I think that's why it's a mental thing, and why I never pick teams to win right out of the the first iteration of themselves. Is like part of it is you got to learn how to push through pain, or you know, or mental anguish, fatigue, being injured, everything in between. Like winning a cup usually takes everything you've got, right? I mean, it, you know, it's crazy to think of what Tampa did of being to three in a row and winning two of them. Now, I think maybe the Devils, both physically and mentally, have a much better picture uh, of, and also the hunger now. But, like, yeah, it's, it is really damn hard to win a Stanley Cup. Last year, again, last year was perfect in terms of, outside of winning a cup was, what does it take to win a series and what does it feel like and how much more you got to dig to win more series? So just the perfect amount of, getting a taste, but also still being uh, not being full just yet. So hopefully that is the case for the team. I guess, David, if that's if we're good here, we can kind of get into some of the stuff here. And we'll talk about, I guess, immediate stuff. Then we can grow back out into broader stuff here. But the final roster is in for the Devils. They released it a few hours after the deadline. It's the two goalies you figured. Simone Nemitz does go down. The Devils carry 14 forwards. It'll essentially be the, the bottom five will essentially be some form of Nosek, McLeod, Bastion, Lazar, and Chris Tierney does make this 
team and the other guys are the guys who were injured during camp or essentially start the season on IR. They eat into a little bit of the devil's cap space for now. We'll see how quickly they come off. But you know, anyway, I thought they would waive Tierney and just give themselves the flexibility, but I guess this was always the plan going forward. And I guess we can kind of put this to bed for a little bit because no matter what we think of the guys who are going to play third pair minutes, we're going to give them a run of games, right? We're not after one game going to be screaming, do this, do that. We're going to let some time play out and then we'll come back after a period of time and, and evaluate it. But again, I, I said what I said last show, and what they do is fine, and they're going to say, hey, we think Colin Miller, Miller is going to play better than this, which is probably fair to assess. We think Brendan Smith's going to play better than this, which might be a little bit riskier because he's a little bit little bit older, not as quick twitch as he used to be, and, and Miller, I think, still has some of that in him. They're going to assume those guys are going to be better, and, and that's fine. The only thing I, I ask of this, and again, I get what they're doing in terms of long-term, and, and Dave, in a perfect world, Colin Miller is rock-solid, Brendan Smith's rock-solid, and you take your best shot with that roster to go win a Stanley Cup. You don't you don't have to bring him up. That those guys will be totally fine in a smaller depth role and we'll wait on Nemitz another year and Lindy's not going to play two rookies. The only thing I ask, and I don't know what the cutoff date is, but if Colin Miller plays, let's say they both play 10 games, something like that, 20, let's say we're 20 games in, Dave, and we've seen 10 of Brendan Smith and we've seen 10 of Colin Miller and they ain't playing well. And as a result, Luke Hughes ain't playing well, and they're not changing that mall, that ball Marino pairing. I don't know when the time is, Dave. I'm sure we'll pick. We'll, we'll maybe as we go along, you and I will both have a, a time where we're going to put our flag in the ground again, assuming it doesn't get better. Of where, hey, you just got to damn the ELC stuff and just get your best player in there and someone you think is going to grow into it and definitely be better than in like a year or two or a year. Go get them in the lineup right now. So I'm sure you don't have super big issues with it either Dave in terms of we get what it what they're trying to do the only thing I ask is just don't be stubborn if it looks bad don't just try and ride through make the change don't be afraid of it just because if you have a plan and it's starting to fail and the pieces that are failing are unlikelihoods don't be afraid to adapt yeah I I think that's well put I I don't know what this is going to be yet. I think that's what's fascinating about it is, you know, we, we could be 15 games in and, and Smith and, and, and Miller and, and who knows, even Luke Hughes may not be great to start. And, and then they can't find it uh, a way to go. You know, certainly there's, there's still a lot of pressure on Kevin ball to play. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it will sort itself out and, yeah, to your point about being stubborn, no question. I don't think they will be though, Jeff, like, Fitz has not been, you know, it's one thing with Holtz, and I'm sure we'll get into all that soon. <laughs> but I, I don't think, in terms of like the 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 defense, that they're going to be cool with somebody going out there and, and getting shelled every night, especially if like everything else is working well, which it relatively should. And your weak link is is one or two guys on the back end. Like, yeah, they're they're going to make a move here. And I, I will say this, like. We knew that the path to re- of least resistance was to send Nemitz down because he doesn't need waivers. That they wanted to keep another forward of which, you know, if Holtz was going to make the team, you know, someone probably would have grabbed Tierney. I-, I know at the end of the day you say, who cares? Tierney doesn't matter. 
all right, but it's depth that they looked at and said, yeah, it's it's worthy of having. And you know what? There's going to be injuries, whether it's, you know, hopefully they're short term, but understanding that getting through a season, you're going to need depth. Like someone probably would have taken Tierney at 775K. Like there are teams that certainly have better fourth line, or worse fourth lines than that and could add them to their roster yesterday. And, and it makes sense. So I, I think from that standpoint, you say, all right, look, they could bring back Nemitz up for game two if they want, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing that says that this is set in stone. And I don't want to kill them for maybe not going with that early because, again, I don't think they're going to play two rookies to start the year. It's a lot. I understand that maybe when all is said and done, whether it's 10 games into this season, 40 games into this season or next year and for the next 15 years, the Nemitz and Hughes are going to be major parts of this team. But it doesn't mean that they're going to be right right now, like today. And and that's okay. Like that can that can happen quickly. I would have kept I would have kept Nemitz. I would have mm-hmm. because I thought it was a little lighting the fire underneath both uh, honestly everyone who would have been bottom pair. Whatever however sure. you want to shake it out. That all right, there's somebody here that yeah, we'll go play him. You know, we'll if you're bad, we'll sit you and let the next guy play, you know? Uh, but I guess the reality is in theory, he still is there in a sense. Like just because they sent Nemitz down doesn't mean two games in they can't decide, all right, we're bringing him back up. We think we can get through waivers easier on not on a day like today where teams are already starting to figure things out, where you say, All right, today everyone's gonna make some moves and finalize themselves whereas you know or or they get an injury and they don't have to send anybody down so well they didn't make this move before because of chris tierney that's i mean that's pretty uh, i think it's pretty straightforward no i I don't know if that's not true i think at the end of the day if you can not like again this move is a single game essentially like there is no guarantee that anything's going to change and we also don't know eric hall's status for for the first game they looked at it and said we'd rather not expose anybody probably and it's not like the move is permanent, Jeff. Like, I know, you know, the people who flipped out when we said it's okay to try poking in on the first line with Jack. If after f- 10 minutes of Detroit, things look terrible, they can go call Nemitz up for the next game. And then he could play every game here for the next 15 seasons. So I, I think I look at it of you, they did what they did could do in the numbers game, but it certainly is far from permanent. And to your point, I would like to hope that they are going to do whatever it takes to figure out the bottom pair, whether it's making a trade or it's just letting things cook and then figuring out what works. That'll be great. But I don't, I don't think they deserve to get dinged for it because I think they're going to figure it out one way or another. Like they're going to let Miller try to get himself right. It was preseason. They're going to let Smith probably get himself right. Who knows? Maybe Luke Hughes plays, plays great once the regular season start uh, starts and we're never questioning him again. I don't know, but I I think we have to understand that this is absolutely a work in progress. Now, it is not, oh, do the Devils have a second-line center? Who's quarterbacking the power play? You know, is there a number one defenseman on this team? Those are not the questions. This is very different, Jeff. I mean, Very nice, yes. (laughs) Yeah, like this is a different situation. But in the same regard, to my point earlier, Solving this correctly could be the difference between winning a cup or not, whether it's this year or quickly beyond. Yep. Listen, I, I would just 
like Colin Miller to be good and then we can just be done with this. <laughs> and then everyone we can And maybe he will be, or maybe he's not. And and yeah. I guess all we can ask for is react just be accordingly. Honest. React yeah, accordingly. Be honest. Okay. Uh so all right. I guess we could talk why not? Let's talk about Alexander Holt. So and talk about the immediacy here and then we'll get back into bigger eighty two game stuff. I guess this is eighty two game stuff. So immediately Soon as the free season's over, we see Alexander Holtz dropped from Nico's line down to the third line. Mercer goes up to the second line, and we're also finding out uh, what the deal is with Eric Halla. Eric Halla's had quite a few maintenance days in camp, and uh, and he was not in a line. He was not in the line rushes, whatever it was Sunday yesterday. So I do want to get to Eric Halla in a second. So Curtis Lazar comes up. He's the easy center with boots to put with, uh, if they're not going to move McLeod, he's the easiest center with boots to put up there and run with those guys, Palat and Holt. Well, he can, he can run faster than Holtz, but I don't know, Dave. It's <laughs> again, I guess, I guess we'll find out quick enough, but yeah, putting, for now, until we see what Eric Hall is like. And again, even still, I'm not sure that's the best use of his talents. But again, I guess th- at the end of the day, he's on the team. He's going to get... What I'll say is this. I think putting him there is not a great use of his talents. But it seems like he's going to have an every night roster spot for now. I don't think anyone's really going to even... T- I don't even know if there's really like a third liner identity guy who actually fits up there. Once you go one or two guys deep, like even Tierney, no sick, like I'm not sure any of those guys kind of work as a three, as a third line guy. So it's going to be give and take on this, Dave. Would we like him playing up higher up the lineup? Sure. Is he still getting an opportunity? We would think as a third liner for the next dozen, two dozen games. Yes, as well. So obviously would prefer him up there and, I don't know if that's going to happen now. Just don't know. Would assume not, and would be kind of annoying actually. But he's. I'm just going to choose to see it both ways. If he's still given a a specific role, and it's not fourth line, right? Okay. So he was dropped down to the fourth line by game two last year. So let's call it in between, right? He's not on the fourth line. He's not on the second line where everyone would like him. He's on the third line for now. So it's got to be give and take. Not great. But also, he's going to get a chance to play every night, it seems like. So he's got to do something with it. I don't know. There are warts to his game. No question. I am of the mindset that in October, it is worth it to let him try to play through that and figure it out. Now, I would have put him with Nico and, and Meyer simply for the fact of giving him a chance with two really good players early. Understanding that you can make this change at any point. And two thick boys, two thick boys. too. I I, I don't think they're going to give him any runway here. You say, oh, we're going to see Holtz. I don't know if we're going to see Holtz taking normal shifts at the end of the first period. I really don't. I and look, the answer might be and the coach might be right that maybe Alexander Holtz isn't a player. And, And I'm 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 looking at it from the standpoint of I'd rather really find that out right now before just deciding that at the end of the day, he's he's a winger. And now he's a third line winger. He's not going to cost you games. If he is, you're probably doing a lot other stuff 
wrong, yep. right? I mean, yep. it's not like he's a defenseman where you say, okay, you know, he's really, you know, tired goaltending that can obviously sink you on a couple of shots and make you non-competitive. He's a winger, Jeff. Like, this is not a center where, oh, do we put him up, to, you know, for a second-line center and he's going to go against really good competition? Like, he's well-insulated pretty much anywhere in this lineup. Okay, we don't want him on the fourth line. Different story. But I I don't know if the, it seems like they want to give him the leash. Like, it's pretty clear what Lindy generally thinks of this guy, that mm-hmm. they haven't been willing to give him a long enough leash at times and let him play through mistakes. And it kind of – look, he was first-line – he had a couple of games that weren't so good, and now he's third line. Well, assuming he's not going to play fourth line, which maybe we shouldn't assume, uh, the next spot for him is is chicken tenders. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm no, I'm not, I'm not really making you, a joke. You, like, you, you got real. You did you like punch air yesterday? Is that is that yeah, kind of like, where it went? Like, yeah, yeah. Honestly, like my thought was, fucking cut him now. Like, just just send him back. Like, give him a chance. Let him fail. Let him cough up a puck and sit there and film and discuss it with him and let him grow. Again, the chance of him becoming a thing far, far outweighs any one individual moment that he Mm. can do wrong in a game. I don't care. You know what? Even if he does lose you a game late, okay. That shouldn't sink your season. If you're missing the playoffs by a game this year, again, a lot of other things went wrong. Yep. I think you have to let him fail. And maybe he doesn't, you know, like, again, I know it's a different player. He's older and maybe he's going to be a thing, but Kevin Ball went from terrible to really good. And part of that is you just got to stick with them and let them play through it. Like Alexander Holtz has never had a time in New Jersey where he is told you are going to be in the lineup. We are going to play you. We are not going to drop you from taking normal shifts. The minute that you make one play, we don't like just go and worry about your game and just go play and not think constantly. I don't think they're setting him up for success by making it seem like he's on thin ice at all times. I really don't like give the kids some runway. It doesn't have to be 40 games, Jeff. It doesn't. Can it at least be 10? Yeah, can we start with a dozen? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, can it be, can it be two fucking periods? Seriously. Like, <laughs> yeah. I do not, I do not. And again, I'm not saying this means the season's going to be bad. Not no, saying no. I hate the coach. For whatever reason, it feels like they are unwilling to let Alexander Holtz play through any shortcomings right now and you know what maybe the maybe the organization is going to be right and he's going to be back in sweden in two years and we're never going to hear from him you know again. the problem is okay. with that though Dave, real quick sure. uh doing that you're basically saying boy he can't play on this team why is any other team going to think he can play for them like if this is the way you're calculating the situation then you should have trade. Then you should have traded him already. <laughs> walk, walk him into a couple goals early, and then go go ditch him if that's what you think, right? Yeah, I mean, like showcase him a little bit or something. I I, I don't know. It's the it's, trade it, angle and yeah. the playing angle. They've they've. It feels like they've botched both of them for the most it is, part. It it feels like, and again, they might be right. I'm not going to tell you here. In in, but if know, you feel that way, be gone. Pivot. Pivot now. Then sure. And, and sure. I guess the roster doesn't need any pivoting, Dave, because it's in pretty good shape. You're not going to trade him for a three right D. You're not going to trade him for a third right winger that maybe the devils are all and nobody's going to give up a goalie this time of year. Mm. So maybe you can't trade him for anything, but either way it has just been. uh, Yeah. And and I guess part of what worries me about him being a third liner now is the devils didn't have a third line basically all year last year. And 
understanding that if, if Holtz is not part of this lineup at all, it does feel like they're a third liner short. Now, we're fi- Dave, I was going to bring that up that we're not far off from feeling like we did early last year. <laughs> no, well, no I, I think it's completely different if you're going to put Halla and Plot there. But yes, in terms of missing an actual three right you, winger. You can go find a winger somewhere at some point if you really need to. Yeah, sure. You know, it, was, it was the whole putting Halla with Jack, which meant you didn't have really anything at 3C. It was Bokefist a little bit and all that. Yeah, like they can figure it out. Now, is No Six someone who you really want to see on the third line? Probably not. Um, I don't know if even Bass works there. So, yeah, it does feel like they're a winger short. And maybe that's what's frustrating to me is, again. They don't have to be. In giving, giving Holtz, making Holtz a thing really helps you in terms of, of, of lengthening your lineup. If not, they're going to, ha- they're going to be a guy short. Now there are worse problems to have. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm not saying that this is like, you know, the end of the world because they don't have a, a ninth guy in their top nine first world problems, but it, it just doesn't feel like they're willing to let him grow. And, and I hope I'm proven wrong. And I'm hoping he does stick this year in whatever role they put him in, they just let him play. You know, at the end of the day, sure. If he's playing with Hala and Palat, that's not terrible. They should see some pretty good matchups, but I don't know. It, it Maybe it's not going to work out that way, but in my mind, it feels like here we go again. Yep. I hope I'm wrong. Drew and New Milford asked, considering Nico and his linemates usually go do the heavy lifting against other teams' top lines, how realistic is it really to expect Holtz to be able to start on that line? And I, get, I totally get the question, but I think, Dave, again, going back to October-November hockey kind of being different. If you remember last year, Dave, when we were talking more about Nico than we were talking about Jack, Nico was just putting Tomas Tatar and Fabian Zetterlin on his back for for games. Might have been weeks. I don't, know, I don't know if it was months, but for a few weeks, he was just putting those dudes on his back. And now we see, you know, Zetterlin started to to fade a little bit. And, you know, then he got traded and he wasn't totally all that great with San Jose. I know he's still a baby, but... I think Nico certainly, no matter who you're going up against, I think Nico alone can, he's shown that ability to elevate, to elevate other guys. So I still wouldn't even be afraid, you know, maybe in, maybe in February and March if yeah, Holtz ain't taking steps and starting to get a little stiffer out there, then yeah, maybe he's not going to be able to run with them. But I think given the time of year and what Nico did last year during the time of year with, I don't know, Zetterlund and Holtz are different players and, and different... Maybe they'll go get Zetterlund back. I mean, maybe that's how they'll do There it. you go. Give me October, November Zetterlund, and then we can solve uh, We can solve all this, but uh, we'll see. How, how many... Uh, Dan asked, how many games will Holtz be eating chicken tenders this year? How many games does Holtz play? I, I don't know. I think you he plays tell, 60. You, you could tell me two, and I would agree with you. You could tell me it's 82. Realistically, I don't... I think he has to do more than anybody else on to earn his ice time right now. Very sad. I'll say 60. Uh, and, you know, in terms of Drew's question, I I, I, I I totally get where he's coming from. This is Lindy, though. They'll blend lines anyway, even if guys yeah, are playing true. well. If if they think that Holtz can, can run with them in the regular run of play, and then it makes sense to shift some, you know, a Mercer or whatever up there at the right time, if they were going to keep uh, Nico, Meyer, and Holtz together, uh, I think they would do it. You know, you could even make a case to me. Who knows? He holds ends up with Jack at some point. I don't know. Like, I in the one the one thing I do like about Lindy when when the players are going well, or at least enough guys are going well, is he'll find the matchups that'll work. So now, granted, it's tough because maybe Holtz is a guy he doesn't like, but 
He doesn't. Holt is probably not a. Yeah, he's not a moldable player where he can probably put him with a few different combinations and it'll work. That's probably what he doesn't like about him. That's probably one of the many things he doesn't like. Pro- about probably, him. probably. But like you Dave know Tatar, you could put with you know a bunch of different Anybody, guys. I think it's yeah. going to work. Zetterland, you know, at least he's a direct line player and he's simple mm-hmm. and, and you know what he's going to do on a second or a third line or a fourth sure. line. Holtz, yeah, it might just be he's too fine a fit for a line and that's probably why he don't like him. He, he's an he's an offense only young player. Can, yep. Can, this roster can't carry one guy like that. <laughs> You're one, right, right. You know, like Nico's good defensively. Meyer's good defensively. Jack is certainly getting better. Paula, Pilot are good defensively. We you know what Dawson does. Like, this is not a roster, you know, and certainly what a no sick McLeod type, you know, does defensively. Lazar. There are plenty of good two way forwards on this team. Yeah. There, there's no reason why they can't let one guy who's a little bit rough offensively figure it out. 100%. It, 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 just, it just feels like they are too much in the present and not enough about, well, what if this works? Again, the upside is greater than 100%. any one or two game failure that may happen as a result. I mean, it, it kind of that's what the season is for a little bit, too. If you think you're good enough to win hockey games and skate your way to the playoffs, this season should be about, I mean, really, the, the season should be about how much can Akira, how much can Akira handle? What can Holtz do for us, and what does that make us in terms of, you know, last year it was they needed probably more finishing, right? He's a guy who could finish. Shouldn't you see what his finishing can look like on an ice surface over 80-some games? And obviously seeing what the defense can do. I mean, those are the those are the projects for this year for the most part. Those specific projects on either a pair or a line or one of the crease spots. That should be what the season's about. So hopefully they will do that at some point. 